Welcome back to the 4Jack Podcast brought to you by Jackson Labs. We're in here today to chat about, oh man, first major chat that we've had in over a year. Uh, quite the weekend that we experienced over at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. It was seriously one to remember and we are going to dive into that in just a moment. But first, we're just going to say hello to the boys and see how we feel about this big weekend that just happened. Tom, what up? Call them more cowboys. Big ups to the kid. We've been, Parksy brought it, his attention to us. We've been following him. We've been loving him. Great to see a guy like that come out on top. Was I not talking to you about Colin like July last year? Oh, don't like, take my, don't take my power here. I'm going <laughs> to. Don't take my power. <laughs> when, when Wolf was making that charge, I was like, I think Colin's going to be right there. But fuck, I mean, we can get into who said what and when before or after. Who cares? Parks, what's happening, dude? All I'm going to say is two words, massive balls that kid has, massive cojones. It is just poetry to watch. You know, it's funny. I just read something not too long ago that said all these kids, they're working on speed and they're trying to hit it further. And it's just like Colin's just going to be hitting it closer and closer all day. And these guys, it's, it's, it's funny to watch him hit a six iron of a foot from a buck 80 out where these guys are hitting it to 20 feet with a wedge. So it's just, I don't know, man. Power versus David versus Goliath, I guess. You just got the perfect swing that's super repeatable and like. He's limited. just a professional. Yeah. It's Tiger esque. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, but at the same time, like, I think the thing to take away from this weekend, besides just some stellar play by not only him, like some other guys in the field, like it was, it was great to Casey. watch Paul Casey. Paul Casey. It was great to watch DJ up until Sunday. J Day. Jason Day, when he is healthy, is so da- he's a killer. Yeah, he's man. A fucking nice to see. out there. Nice, nice to see. Shout out J Day. Like yeah. no back issues for but once. The thing with Colin that I took away the most, and like they did talk about it on the broadcast, but like, yeah, big balls, but also like maturity level of just. I mean, the shot that he hit on seventeen. It's just like, no, I am not going to challenge that. I'm going to hit it 25, 30 feet out, and I'm just going to roll it and. See what happens. And he down near made it. To come off of that shot on 16 to freaking put it to seven feet. Yeah, that was gross. Was a 20, I said this to Cody yesterday. We were watching it. Imagine you're 23 years old playing in your second major championship and you just drove a green from 315 to seven feet to roll it in for a two. Let's go. Imagine that feeling at 23. Like, it's an uncomprehensible, like, comprehensible, um, like, feeling that I don't know how you control your emotions at that point. Best shot in major championship history. Yeah, One right of, there. for right sure. There. The stage, the kid. I mean, my only concern with this major championship is it's got a bit of an asterisk. There are no fans. The fans do have a little bit of a factor a little bit of that je ne sais quoi. Yes. And I don't know, not to take anything away from the win, this is a huge accomplishment, well-deserved, and he is such a mature player. Chambly talked about it on the broadcast yesterday, how when he missed that putt to Daniel Berger, it wasn't a situation where he's like, oh, I should have made that. Oh, too bad for me. He said, nope, I missed that putt. I know what I need to do next time. He goes, I know exactly what I did. I, I own this. I know what I need to do next time. And and the playoff with Justin Thomas, prime example, he stepped up. He didn't – no qualms. He just, you know, embraced it. And then obviously now we just see him coming into stride, taking on this major championship field. Like, wow. It, it was crazy to think wow. that he was a lip out away from being a three-time tour winner this year with a major. Wow. That is like really and, and when one of them was at more at Jack's place. And, and then I thought Harding Park actually played – it wasn't easy. Like, you had oh. to hit the fairways. The oh. rough was brutal. The greens were baked out on Saturday. They got slow and pretty easy, and they're quite flat. That was like, cold. Yeah, like, Sunday, it was, it was scorable out there for sure. There were some low numbers. There was a lot of guys that were bogey-free on Sunday. Yeah. Like, way more it, than I thought. 
And it's funny because we saw the pin sheets and it wasn't like, uh, to me anyway, it, it looked like there was, there was maybe two really easy pins to get at. And then the rest of the pins looked like they were tucked hard. But I guess what I didn't take into account was the behind the pins. There was a lot of space behind those flags. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a situation where you had to be aggressive to come into it. It was, you had a lot of space behind. So if you, threw it in and let it pitch and run past you were in a good spot. But if you were short or false fronted or bunkered, you were fucked essentially because everything was tucked right on the edges. And it was crazy too. Like some, they didn't even really even change. Like number one was almost in the same spot the whole week. It was just like in a line hmm. that they picked like this one corner and they're like, yeah, that's where we're going to go. I like that. Like give your chance, give your guys a chance to open up with a birdie or like a salvage a nice par or whatever and be like, Hey, let's kick start this. Let's go here. Yeah. Because you know that making that turn, like number nine was playing by far the hardest hole in the golf course. Like, sick. Like, yeah, number make nine, them think 12. coming into, yeah, 12. Whew. Yeah. But like, for sure. I, I thought the golf course really held up. It looked good. And Keep. it was a good test for them. Keep in mind, this is a PJ Championship and not a U.S. Open. We typically be having this conversation in the reverse. And usually the U.S. Open gets super tricked out and gets like impossible and the scores are closer to par PGA of, of America always does a great job setting up the tournament, setting up the venue, obviously like big round of applause to, to TPC Harding park and everybody that was involved in that event. That's just, they just did a, a wonderful job, but yeah, the golf course wasn't, wasn't overly hard. So nice to see that there was scoring opportunities, but that kind of fits in, not fits in, but it, it is what has been going on with the PGA Championship where they've been lacking that identity. Like, it doesn't need to be U.S. Open. Does it need to be its own kind of thing? I thought I thought this, the score was reflective of a good event. Yeah. In my I opinion. I, I thought that was good. I, I take that for a major championship. There's still guys that really struggled. Oh, yeah, yeah a lot of fall-off, so... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think all of us... Ooh, maybe just me. Rich Flower yeah. had a little moment. Rick, Rick Flower, really, like, that was... I would have had Oops. all the guys make the cut. Oops. But Yippee. that whiff from six inches was that was embarrassing. Gonna, it's gonna haunt him, man. Looked That's like a gonna kid be tough. that got caught with his can hand in the candy jar, right? When you just saw him do that and he's like, Oh, like just had a little spaz and then he's like, Oh damn, fart. I gotta do that again. That was I don't even you know what, I don't think we'd even be talking about it if he made the cut, but because he MC'd like <laughs> I can I I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just hear what those guys are saying to him in the in the locker room. It's well, I mean, like I don't ever really push for Rick like or pull for him. Like I'm not a big fan of him, but like he played so well the previous week, and you're like, yeah, you'll be fine. But I'm not here to talk about Ricky because he's a bum. Um, <laughs> should we talk about the big golfer? Yeah, let's talk about him. The big man, Bryson. Bryson. Talk about him. Finally getting his first top 10 in a major. Wow, he was in it for We'll a go bit. back to Colin here for sure, but like... Give I, me a taste of what we, Bryson... We, we definitely got to talk about Bryson. What happened with the big man? Too much tie-dye. I'm just going to say that right out. Too much Puma tie-dye this no, weekend. No, everyone wasn't, was. Wasn't, Nike was tie-dye too. Wasn't digging it. Following the goat track special vibes, right? <laughs> I was saying this to our boy uh, uh, Derv on Saturday. We were talking about the tie-dye. And I said, I would dip in on one of those hats. But uh -oh. if you were to go out and spend 120 bucks on a Nike sweater that's tie dye, I'd be a little disappointed because that's probably going to be out of <laughs> any <laughs> sort of image by, in about a month. Like by a, the end of the week, yeah. Those one Nike shoes that I think Brooks had that just had like the little bit of tie dye at the back, like yeah, not like the wolf ones that were no. complete. Maybe no, just that little shoes. bit because then it's like yeah. realistically you could wear them with anything, and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I can get away with this stuff. Sure. I think they signed a uh, sponsorship agreement with some kind of exterminator contract. I, I guess those <laughs> shoes are really good around uh, ant hills and such. So, yeah, yeah it's real good. <laughs> just kidding. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go <laughs> they give the ants seizures. But, to go back to Bryson's play, at least to start off the week bombing it and then break your shaft. That was hilarious. Like the, when he broke that driver, like I laughed so hard. I'm like, you're a plug. And like, he's like part owner in that company or something or has like a hand in that. And he leaned then, on it and it snapped because he's fat. Yeah, he's he huge. Too big. He didn't smash it and break it. That would have been different. It was just but. like, there were some moments like in the weekend, I was like, man, like he's really doing this. Like that tee shot on 16 on Sunday, like it was legitimately like six inches away from going in. Wow. Like if it would have kicked a little bit farther left, like that thing would have rolled super tight or in. It, that 100%. was impressive, and that was a three wood. Like, 
315 pretty much carry with a three wood to 15 feet just off the fringe or just off the green. Like it was pretty impressive. Like there was another moment that uh, this is a little bit of a coverage take, but I hate Faldo. I am sick of his (laughs) shit, but like all, all honestly, like he's just, he says some things where I go, are you serious? Like he was talking about Bryson swinging a wedge and he's like, look at that. It doesn't even bend. I'm like, it's a wedge. Yeah, you know what he made. Why would it be bending a ton on a seventy-yard wedge shot? Like, what are you talking about? And then he gets stymied by Phil when Phil comes into the booth. (laughs) That was beautiful. Like that was that might have been the best audition CBS has ever had. Yeah, absolutely. Nats Nats tried to bail him out, and it was like, "Come on, Nikki boy." Twenty seconds of just the most awkward TV silence. Really, and Phil was just eating it up, and he kept giving him digs too. I love it. Yeah, Phil was Phil was good. Phil was good. It was great to hear somebody actually come on and be like, "No, I just played the golf course. That's a really tough shot." And Faldo's just, "Uh, uh, well, mm." maybe for you, Mister Mickelson. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) team crumpets, anyone? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, good on Bryson. Like, I didn't. I certainly wasn't cheering for him, but I kind of in a two, way impressed. Like two things, two things. Hang on a sec. Wait a minute. So no, nothing to take away from Bryson's length. Yes, yes, yes. We know he has 15 protein shakes a day and eats small children's brains and drinks steam and everything else. Yes. He's on the diet, right? Okay. He's hitting it a ton. Two things. Adam Scott said playing with him the first two days, I would have expected him to hit it further. Yeah. Because I was not impressed. Okay. That's one. Two. Tony Finau, there's still a lot of talk about Tony Finau and how he has this like 25% power up that he's not even unloading. Mm-hmm. And he said, he made a comment to the media that if we all drop four balls on the range, I would hit it further than everyone, no question. Wow. I, so I completely agree that's a, with that. That's a big statement. Dude, Tony doesn't even take it anywhere near the top. No. No, he's, Imagine, like, a, he's like a half chip shot with yeah. a driver. Imagine he was actually like opening it up and getting to parallel. He'd be so long. I think I've only ever seen one video of him doing that, and he like flew it like 370. Yeah, I was just going like to bring 210, that one up. 210 or 220 ball speed. But look uh, at his body type, though. It's completely different. Like He's like a rubber band, 100%. Yeah. Like and an 8-foot rubber band. I, I'm still not on board with the whole idea of bulking up, because like, look at Rory. Rory's smaller than me, and he hits it as far as Bryson. Yeah. Damn near. And it's like, you can't really say that bulking up is really going to do it. It might create club head speed, but like... That doesn't mean you're going to hit it that much farther. It could create more spin, blah, blah, blah. I mean... The ball doesn't go in the hole unless it's close to the hole. And the only way you make a lot of these putts is if you're inside that threshold of 8 to 10 feet. So who cares if you're hitting it to 30, 40 yards from the green? If you can't chip it in there close and you can't make putts, what good is your 400-yard drive? Really? I think we talked about this with our buddy Tom Abbott, right? He's like, you go out and you play in a pro-am with these PGA Tour or LPGA players, and it's like, you're driving it just as far as them, but at the end of the round when you're like, holy crap, you shot 66, I shot 84? Wow. Dispersion. Yeah, dispersion is like way less. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tom, 100%. Yeah, Mr. Abbott did talk on that. I mean, unless you're making 95-foot bombs. Like, I mean, yeah, but you can't rely on that. (laughs) Was that the longest putt in major championship history, I think, something like that? Or documented history? Yeah. Insane. Just to tie this in with now talking about, you know, major championship history, just to tie in Colin. I mean, lowest weekend in major championship history with 129 over the weekend. (laughs) That was crazy. He joined another exclusive list, too, I believe, of people to win a major championship at 23 right tiger jack rory rory unbelievable that's huge it's funny man like they interviewed him and and it was a little bit like steely his response on saturday night just stick to the plan but you could you could sense that he was gonna go out and do some damage the next day like he was he was doing what he was comfortable doing he wasn't taking any unnecessary risks he knew what what he could do where he could throw it and then you know the 16th hole like pays mentioned fuck that's just like wow that's amazing tournaments on the line there's way so so much opportunity for a double or a triple or or worse and he throats driver to seven feet and rolls it in like i would have just turned around and done this to the crowd yeah i mean t box behind me and he's cold-blooded like matt every would yeah 
I mean that that guy Colin Morikawa is legit. Shout out Trey Bardot. <laughs> yeah, shout out Trey. <laughs> uh, Colin Colin Morikawa, he's a killer. Yeah, like not even a smile when he dropped that chip, and on fifteen, and you're like, oh my god, and there was not even like a hint of joy. He's like, let's go. Makes that eagle on sixteen, cold blooded stare, like fuck you, we got it. And I'm like, holy shit. Major, right? If you and then nearly and- drops it on 18 for 63. Yeah. yeah. And like, then it all came out when he shook that freaking Wanamaker trophy and it all just him. came tumbling to the ground. And you're like, that's a 23-year-old that just won a major right there. <laughs> yeah. He's pumped <laughs> up. That was his only mistake of the weekend right there, dropping yeah. the lid off the Wanamaker. I loved it. I, I got to touch on the uh, elephant in the room here a little bit. So we had some comments from uh, Mr. Brooks Kepka that didn't really show up on Sunday previous night in the media center talking about and maybe it was a little bit of mind games maybe it was a little bit about trying to create that self-belief but he's starting to turn into the guy that nobody likes what's your take bryson move over brooksy's gonna be moving into the public enemy spot number one here pretty quick i think he's always been in that spot i don't think anybody's ever really jumped on team brooksy he's been one of those players where he might be like the most underrated world number one ever like, nobody really likes him, but kind of loves him in a way. Like, yeah, I, I was really pulling for him this weekend. I was like, yeah, I want to see history. I want to see three in yeah, a row. Obviously. Yeah, yeah it would be sick. But my, I, I'm a little co- confused with it. Like, there's two sides of this that I want to take. Like, I'll jump into the Brandle point in a sec. But didn't Brooks say, like, what was it, like, two years ago, a year ago or something? They're like, who's your friends on tour? He's like, my best DJ. friend's DJ. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so when he made that comment, I'm like, it must be backhanded, like jokingly or whatever. And then Brandel Shanley was talking about it on live from last night. And he was kind of talking about the fact that like, because of say Tiger, how the whole sport has changed. And it's not just golfers playing. It's athletes that are seeing these opportunities and they're going, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to jump into that. I'll make my money, blah, blah. But like, Brooks has even said he doesn't actually like playing golf. Like right. he'd rather play baseball. So but like he's part of that chirping culture that yeah. seems like that's what he needs to get himself going. Cause maybe he had some self doubt. I don't Tigers, know. Tigers always protected golf though. And I think this is something they touched on too. And this is another coverage deal, but he never took an opportunity to berate other players okay. or shit talk the game or shit talk the venue or shit talk this. Whenever, whenever they talked about other players in the field, he just said, yeah, I've been there before. I know what I'm doing. You know, I have a game plan, whatever. It wasn't like, oh, well, he's a plug or, you know, he's not putting good this week, so fuck him or whatever. He, he always kept the integrity of the game whole. So I, I don't know. I think that these guys that are taking shots at each other, it's good to see a little bit of that. But I don't actually gotta be, mind it. They got to be careful. I think you should but ask I mean, Stephen Ames how he feels about Tiger Woods because remember when Stephen Ames thought he was going to take him down? Like, Tiger's that kind of guy that, like... He's gettable. Yeah, he's just going to... He's just going to kill you with his epicness, right? Like I couldn't I couldn't really see him behind those massive teeth that he had. So like, yeah. Like a and then Tiger, the tiger. whacks him 9 and 8. The so, Tiger Shield. I got a quick question, anyway, about just the game. and I saw a statement out of Rory who... who claims he's like my best golf is behind me now right like is he just sailing off to the sunset i think think that was like that it was printed like i don't think you're getting the context in that i think he's like maybe i'm not as good as i once was like when you see that written down you might think about it that way but like i mean rory still has a lot in the tank but i think and i'm gonna tie this into something here because we're gonna move into dj i think we need to but like i think rory's kind of going through the same kind of mindset that dj tries evolution well i don't know if it's an evolutionary thing to move into this but like i think it's more he's trying to find this balance like what dj does how it makes it look like he just doesn't care Mm -hmm. and i priorities have changed too though man like well you would too because i i think if you're worth 200 plus million yeah you think like do i need to continue to do this before logical shift a bit yeah as he's grown up though like when Rory burst onto the scene, all he had was golf. Like that's all it was. It was just golf, 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 golf. And right? he was the like, best. He, just, he was trying to be something. And now it's like, yeah, now you can coast a little bit, right? You sit in the backseat and let somebody else drive for a while. You're well, still th- a presence, but yeah. I think you go right? through most of your life being the best. And then when you 
lose that title as the best, but you have all of this cash, you go, yeah. I don't really need to push it that much. Yeah. Like, I kind of heard, uh, you know, the boys at No Laying Up were talking about this, and they were kind of talking about, say, if Rory wanted to start a family. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, maybe he doesn't really <laughs> care as much right now. Like, the, the concern to push on those majors, I'm sure it's still there, but maybe not. Like, and this is, we'll tie this into DJ then. This is, that's like, Rory is kind of like that center left. And then DJ is the far end of the spectrum that it just looks like he doesn't care about anything. Is that a good model to go by? Like, do you continue going like this or do you start showing some emotion? Do we really know that though? Yeah, I'm like, Tom? I don't, I don't know if we know what DJ truly cares about. He's just like, I'm going to so keep, cold, what, I'm going to keep my cards close to my chest. Right. Like, I think that's his play is like, we don't know his priorities. So it's hard to like start getting at him about what's important to him. And is this really working? Cause he's like, nah, I'm good. I know me. I'm going to work on it. I'm not going to care about what you guys think about it. Cause you guys are just media folk that don't even know what I'm doing. Right. Like you don't know what it's like to be DJ. Some of them do Faldo, everyone, but like you just see that in life. Like people are putting assumptions on you where you're like, no, that's actually not my problem. Right. But like, if you were to bring up your problem, then every you're gonna get hot takes from everyone around the globe and like you open their you're, can. Gonna, you're weak <laughs> and like let's go for the throat. Totally. So I don't know. Totally. I think DJ cares about something, but but I think pays to sort of support what you're saying. I think yeah, for sure. There's definitely a little bit of that at play. Absolutely. I think it's it's a situation where these guys get to a point and maybe it's not the hunger's not there anymore. Right? They're still competitive. They still care about the game. And obviously they're they're outspoken when it when it when it's sort of like that moral compass needs to be there. There's that opportunity for them to step in and say their piece, but it's not like a, a thriving or a pulsing drive anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. That, I, I just like oh to DJ like the the guy has those moments where he hits shots and you're like oh my god you are the best player ever. Yeah, like he has that ability, and it just. Uh, Sometimes, like, coming down the stretch, you're like, dude, why are you not, like, turning that on? Like, I know it's it's easier said than done, but it's like, maybe getting a little bit more fired up will help you get into that zone. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's still a Hall of Famer, still won on the Tour 21 times with a major. So, I mean, it's not like what he's doing swing. is wrong. hate it. I love his golf swing because it's so like powerful. It? Part it's of so hingy. Yeah, it's Risky. very wild. But he's super flexible. Oh, yeah, and he's like, I mean, he hits it a ton, obviously, right? But it's just like aesthetically, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. One thing that I like based I put, on... I put ice in my milk, though. I like that part. <laughs> ice in the milk, keep it cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, like sports psychology, right? Like now everyone, like with Tiger in his prime when he was bringing the fire the way he was bringing it, like I don't think everyone was as self-aware of like how important staying calm like they were but like with tiger bringing that energy you're kind of like sucked into the gravity of it right and it's like if you're the hammer which tiger always was for the most part like everyone else like they don't have a choice but to get sucked into this energy of like oh my goodness tiger's fired up but now it's like everyone's so groomed through the psychology of like how to be the best athlete that like if you're out there throwing clubs, getting pissed, like everyone else is like, I'm just staying calm. So have fun out there. Like <laughs> you, I'm not playing into your shit over here right now. So yeah, I don't know. Like maybe that has something in there. I don't know. That's just pure speculation of Tom, but no, that's I, true. I, I feel I like you that. on that. And I, 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 to kind of jump onto what you're saying there, like there was an energy and aura around tiger that was kind of undeniable. Yeah. But at the same time, I think watching this era of golf and seeing these guys, and yeah, there's not that energy around one guy, but there's also not one guy that can literally do everything, that can do, that can make every shot, that can make every single decision perfectly. Yeah. And I mean, there Colin will was, be again. No, I don't. I don't think again. so because, like, it's it's great watching this era because there's so many good players, but they're all like 
really, really good at like one or two things. Right. And you're like, that's what that guy's known for. That's what's going to win him something. Right. As long as he doesn't put himself into trouble in these ways, yes. he's okay. The yeah. What golf course is he going to show up for? Right. I mean, that plays into the, the equation as well. Yeah. But it's like to go back and just think about Tiger. And it's great watching Colin. That was awesome because you're like, oh, geez, this could be like another guy like that. He He's super sound. He just needs to work on the putting. But like you think about Tiger's era and you're like, wow, the only hindrance he had in his game was the big right miss. Mm-hmm. This is the only thing. And it's like, okay, cool. So everything will be on the right side. Maybe way right. It will never be left. And he hits, he's the best iron player, best putter, one A or top wedge player ever, maybe next to Phil or Seve. And it's like, yeah, of course you're going to win all those events. And maybe like looking at a guy like Colin who did look, there was hints of that. Like he's not as long as Tiger ever was, but like, you're like, holy shit. Like there's some serious skill there. There is no, okay. So. I like where you're going with this because this is really this really defines what Tiger brought to the sport and how Tiger unintentionally made the sport evolve. He was the first to the table for a lot of things, being an athlete, being a nutritionist, his work ethic, having a game plan, sticking to something, working with coaches, being very, very tactical on his execution and his prep and his reps, and it was always something had a purpose to it. Whereas golf was always this leisure sport. Guys were good, sure. That's that raw talent piece, great. Yeah, they're making money winning tournaments, sure. But you never really saw it back in the old days where it was like the old boys club and they all sat around and had drinks and traveled Mm -hmm. together and partied and were womanizers and whatnot. Not to sing that Tiger wasn't, but um, he really elevated the sport. We can definitely say he <laughs> had an inclination to dabble. <laughs> but he elevated the sport to where it was sort of on the level of professional football, professional basketball. You know, these guys need to train to get better. And he sort of ingrained that into the DNA of golf. And now, like you said before, all of these kids are coming out of not even college, but high school now. And they're athletes. They're training. They have neurokinesiologists. They have fitness trainers. They have swing coaches. They have sports nutritionists. Like, it's insane. They're breeding these athletic soldiers now, which which sort of levels the playing field when you get to that professional level where there's not that much separation from what's really, really good anymore, which is exciting for us. That means golf's in a great place. Well, let's go through the top 10 and just to tie in with your point there. You want to talk about athletes that have now gone through the Tiger era. Maybe one was there for a lot of it, really, to be honest. But you're looking, obviously, Colin, number one. Paul Casey, been there through a lot. Physical specimen. Like, he's shredded. He's strong. He's probably one of the most balanced players on tour. Was on Nike with Tiger, just getting jacked. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) DJ, Matt Wolf, athlete. That guy's... That guy should be in college. He's yeah. like 21 years old. Yeah. He should be in college right now. He's, he's an absolute athlete. Jason Day, Bryson, freak. Finau, product of Tiger. Very yeah. much follows that kind of lead, except for chopstick putting and shitty on Sundays. But Scotty <laughs> Scheffler, bomber, plays a super aggressive game. Justin Rose, watch Tiger through all of it. He knows yeah. how to train. Uh, he watched how this all went. And then athlete. Xander's rounded out at 10. Another athlete. These yeah. guys are not just like slapping it around. They're not fucking fat Patrick Reed just doing their thing. But then, I mean, even outside the 10, you got Cam Champ, who is unbelievable. Yeah. Like crazy. I mean, did you yeah. see that photo of it was Cam Champ and Scheffler and one other guy I'm missing here? It might have been Berger. Starting lineup for uh... the Walker Cup. But they all oh, play yeah. the Walker Cup together. But they're, they've been athletes for so long together. And you're like, yes, these are the guys that are groomed from that era. And you're really starting to see it come through now. This is a great image for the longevity of golf, too, I believe, because it shows kids that it's important to be healthy. It's important to be physically fit, physically active. I think that such 
it's bigger than golf itself. I think it's going to do really, really good things for the younger generation coming up. I like that golf is translating into a real recognized sporting venture as opposed to just being some kind of recreation that your, dad and your, that your dad and your grandpa did, you know? Yeah, the old hobby syndrome. Okay, right. Before right, we right. go on with any like coverage takes or tournament takes, this I just want to go to conspiracy take here. Okay. Just to piggyback what you've been saying there, Parks, because I love it. Yep. Stoking the fires, these fires man. here. Yeah. <laughs> and like go, let's go. So with younger players, younger generations coming in, seeing the benefits of becoming an athlete, <clears throat> is there no better time than right now on this planet for people to get into golf and become athletes and become more healthy, especially in America where you have a 60% obesity rate and you could really prevent say the spread of COVID by taking care of your body and taking up a sport. That's actually one of the only ones that you can play right now. It might be this little golf boom could be the resurgence of the game of golf essentially. And you might be like a changing of the old guard here coming up. I mean, we watched how shitty CBS coverage was on the weekend and how great (laughs) ESPN was. It's like, Maybe that's where it's going to go because it's going to become more of a sporting event and not just like a Sunday or a weekend hobby. Yeah. So that better commentary. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like that for sure. Well, you nailed it on the head, really. Like, I think it sucks to get tea times right now a little bit, but I think that's a good sign. I, I think it's great, but I, I, I think even on the professional level, you're starting to see that, like, I'm sure people are watching that going like, Man, that was really sick. Like, look at these guys. Like, they are honestly like true athletes that are doing this. Look at how they move their body in that yeah. way. Like, that's remarkable that Bryson does hit it as far as he does. It's remarkable that Morikawa has so much control over his body that you're like, yeah, I understand. If I had that move, I'd probably be willing to rip driver at the green on 16 on Sunday with, like, you know, like, if, if no you No fear, bro. If you had no that. Fear. Because it's beautiful and, like, perfect and almost flawless, right? Like, the ball flight on that drive is just, like, oh. Perfect. Like, no. And that's a major championship venue. Like, that, I'm going to go say it again. Like, grande cojones, man. Mm, Grande. Grande. Coconuts in there. (laughs) So, we talk about major cojones really quick? Sorry, Parks. I think we're going to talk about Matt Wolf. Yeah. Is he almost a killer? He is like to be that cl- like sucks that Morikawa had to win it because that really overshadows how good Matthew Wolf was there. But like, that's sick. What a day! What a day! Like he went out and decided I'm gonna get right into this. Yeah. I mean, to be the clubhouse leader until like an hour left bef- before it all ended, you're like, wow! Like, yeah, this he, is impressive. Didn't he go like birdie, 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 eagle or some cr- like birdie, birdie, eagle? Like there was some crazy stretch he had there where he just like. Lit it up. Like he was on fire. But like again, seven here, through ten, he went birdie, 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 eagle. Yeah. And this then, is just talking about how these kids are bred to do this. They're thoroughbreds, man. Mm-hmm. They're the top pedigree to go to this stage and just like put it out there. No fear. It's insane. No yeah, fear. no fear. Where's that brand at these days, right? <laughs> what does we'll our bud Sheldon say about fear? It's false expectations appearing real. There. Nice. Shout out Sheldon Carlson, Business Yoga. Future podcast, friend of the show. Amazing, amazing. Great philosophy that translates well from business to golf. I need to talk about Gabby Ruffles. Do it. Yes. Bring the heat. I want to talk about the showing that this talented, coming from pedigree of talent, but talented young player showed up again to the finals at the U.S. Women's Amateur again smoked her competition it went to 38 holes and she failed unfortunately she lipped a putt out it wasn't a bad beat just a missed putt but she owned it in in true sportsmanlike fashion big shout out to her competitor and she put a post on social media talking about how great the play was and how great the venue was and how she's really going to build off this but man what a true professional and i i'm so excited that she's a friend of the show obviously but I'm really looking forward to what she's going to do on the competitive scene, especially now with all these sponsors exemptions she has coming up, mm-hmm. these LPGA events. Like, I'm scared for the LPGA, man. It's going to be ugly. Can I ask you, what was more sportsmanlike? 
her getting to that position and playing well and being happy with the competition at the end or Rojang giving her that like conceding that three footer to go to the probably playoffs. probably that putt because the very next hole she didn't give her granted it was like four feet but yeah that's I one think, of the greatest uh, things i've it's one of the greatest stories of it i think i've ever seen in golf that is beautiful let's take this it's like yeah holes. let's keep going yeah i don't need to see you shake over that let's battle yeah i loved it i love that too. as a 17 year old girl saying like come on let's go let's do it again i'll beat you and I don't know if she would have, to be hard. honest. Like, yeah, Almost like that hard. was a hard spit. That was that that was a tough finish. Like, it was. I felt so bad watching that. Like, my heart just sank when I saw that thing horseshoe around. And you're like, man, yeah, you had that putt. Yeah, hundred percent. I think this could be really huge for her in her career, right? Like, she's obviously accomplished a lot of stuff just to get that one moment where you're like, you know what, Gabby. Don't even play the break there. Just ram it down the hole. And, like, she could just have the most decorated, like, using that as motivation to just never take your eye off the focus until it's done or, what. like, you know, just, like, that extra motivation to just be, like, let's let's be a killer out here even more. So I think she touched on it when she was on the pod about how, like, the biggest takeaway for her was she was getting tired towards the end. And, like, obviously you need fuel to be competitive, to stay sharp. And maybe after 38 holes, a little she's a little bit tired. Maybe you know loses a little bit of focus on the pot, or maybe a bit of a misread. Maybe it was a speed thing or a face and impact thing. But you know what? That's a huge, huge accomplishment for somebody to get back to the final to have a chance to repeat. Like yeah. she's she's in the conversation of some really amazing and historical LPGA players. So I look for her, and obviously we're going to support her throughout her career no matter what, but I really think we're going to see some really big things from her soon. What's the over under on her first LPGA victory? How many, how many events? Less than five for sure. I think so too. Yeah. I was going to say six. It was almost a ruffle slam this weekend. I know, man, Uh, was that ever close? Like he played so well. Ryan was unbelievable on Saturday and then just tough mm -hmm. Sunday. But Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Like his sister picks up a sec her second US amateur and he picks up corn fair. I was hope I was hoping, man. It was oh. that would we would have had the whole family ruffles on the show. Yeah, it would have been great for uh everyone Ruffles Thanksgiving to go into that sort of environment. <laughs> Something to celebrate two W's, right? Absolutely. So good. So good. Yeah. Do we want to talk about how bad the picks were? Our picks this week? Yeah. Well, your picks were really good pace. Well, for your imaginary friend or your imaginary picker. Let me dive into that real quickly. Yeah, my picks were not the best. I thought my yep. picks were fine. Uh, just a couple. JT has full driver yips. Uh, he really let me down. Was not happy with that. Um, I'm just going to shout this out. Like, Codes was has been super busy. He's been running goat track on his own lately. And I said, you know what, man? Don't worry. I'll take care <laughs> of you. I got your picks. I'm just going to pick the winners for you. Yeah. I'll, no don't problem. worry. I'll, I'll give go you my it. good picks. And I legitimately... <laughs> He smoked us. Yeah, by he smoked 14 us. strokes. Like well, he had number one, close. number two. Like it was kind of it was over yeah. and done. It was unbelievable. One. Like I'm I'm actually just I'm gonna give him from now on my first picks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna go wild off the board picks. Do the old Costanza switcheroo, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. Like this is unbelievable. Like <laughs> I, I I was literally looking at it today, I'm like, I made those. Yeah, he made I would those. Have made so much money this weekend. The last two Shock- weeks. Shocker picks, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know what? I guess in your defense, Ricky Fowler plus two, obviously unexpected to miss the miss the cut with the whiff. Uh, uh, Maddie Fitzpatrick, I guess on your defense, Tom, not really expecting him to to MC post plus four and MC that that was a bit of a surprise. I'm really disappointed that Woodland played well first two days and then shit it. But Berger, Berger couldn't get to the finish line. I really, he was kind of my sleeper pick to win. I was kind of thinking he was going to get it, get it done. But anyway, I, what can, I can't watch Daniel Berger putt. I can't watch him swing. Well, the swing I don't know is what he's wild. doing. He has a little bit of that Matt Wolf hip movement right beforehand. But that putting stroke is like, it's horrendous Barf. to watch. Barf. He takes it so far back and then Barf. like decels into it. 
and then stop short and you're like oh my god like it i felt yippy just watching it i'm like did someone did someone say yip oh yeah that was yep. terrible like i but he's hitting it so well like yeah, i, I, I was very impressed by how well he played this weekend like he's a fierce competitor what I are like, you guys I thinking like what's the hangover gonna be like at the windham now Ooh, getting into the windham yeah, so we'll dive into that real quick. So we are we have the Wyndham Championship this coming week, uh, last PGA Tour event before the playoffs start. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think some guys might be rolling into it. Last um, chance for romance for the bubble boys. That is true. Like, There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to need to make a move here. We want to dive into some picks then? Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Tom, we'll start us off then. All right. Let's do it. We're going to look for a little redemption this week. Uh, we're going to kick it off. We're going to go to our buddy. Ooh, not Nate Lashley. That's not who I was looking for. I guess I'm going to interrupt you real quick yeah, here and okay. say that these picks are not brought to you by anybody this week. And potentially they will be brought to you by someone else next week. Touche. Touche. Open spot if anyone needs it. My picks are brought to you by me for sure. Um, <laughs> Brendan Todd's going to be my first pick because I like I like, the, I like him. He's stealthy and he's been playing well lately. Um, next pick. Should I go? No, we're gonna we're gonna take Tommy Fleetwood. I like his energy out there, and I think he he's due for something here real quick. I think Fleetwood might win this weekend. Yeah, I, I think he's still battling. I have him in my picks. I was thinking of Doug Gim. Dougie. Wow. Just a little shout out for the Teach you how to man. Dougie. Teach um, you how to Dougie. <laughs> yeah, teach, teach us all how to Dougie our way onto the PGA Tour. Um, we're going to go with a little Abraham answer action here. Yes. I think he's been missing missing from some, some of the podiums, and he's ready to make a charge. I don't know if you've ever not picked him. I'm yeah, just I just love I got, Dale so I got much. Five weeks of you picking him. Yeah. I love this. I love Dale so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking to get them back on the pod. Shout out Dale Trail, Abe Answer. Yeah, get on the pod, Abe. It's I know one of our you. critics isn't going to like that because there's an emotional sentiment to my picks, but he can go pound dust. Oh. Um, and to round this little pick world off today, we are going to go. Ooh. Hold on. Before you even Ooh. actually make this Patrick pick, Rogers, my friend. Oh. For the listeners that did not just see this picking style, Tom <laughs> just flicked the page and put a finger down and see where it landed. That was awesome. I was little roulette. Front yeah. seat. Little yeah, but roulette. What a view of this. We don't go complete fate with that because I landed on Ches Revy and I was just... Should have taken the Ches, man. The Chess. Should man. we? Should chess? we have Good. taken? Okay, yeah, swap out Patrick Rogers. Let's go, right. Chess Revy. You know and what? Patrick Rogers wins now, thanks to you. Yeah, pick. right. Put him on Cody's picks. Patrick Rogers, <laughs> just uh, put him in there. I'm actually gonna do that. Cody's okay. first pick will be Patrick Rogers. <laughs> All right, Parks, go ahead. No, let's carry on with codes. I like it. Let's get let's get codes' picks in here because we, we know they're gonna be them. good ones. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll give you one more pick mine. for codes. Yeah, go, Zach Johnson. Is this Zach, okay? Is this which Zach Johnson is this? Because there's a couple now, apparently. Uh, that, <laughs> no, that's it's the right not one. the PGA Utah. Yeah. Can I make a pick for Cody? I'm going to throw Fabian Gomez out there. Okay. Not to sewer him, but he played really well at Tahoe. He really did. You're right. That's a great pick. Yeah, that's an educated pick there, Parks. Yeah, um, like my last pick for codes is going to be Harris English. Nice. Okay. Yeah. He just comes out the gate firing. He probably will. Yeah. Like he probably will. Because he played really this. well this weekend, actually. So like it's not a bad pick. This go ahead, is gonna Parks. be like this is gonna be the magic bullpen of picks right here. All right. I'm gonna go with Paul Casey, our man or specimen, as you so eloquently put it. I like him. Tommy Fleetwood for sure. Tommy, I gotta jump on the bandwagon there. Uh I did have Fabian Gomez down, but I switched <laughs> it up to Troy Merritt just because uh his play and his caddy banter is just so bland that just that's just right up my alley. Trap golf, and, man. <laughs> gosh, golly gee. And uh, I got to go with the uh, North Carolina boy, Matt Hughes. Nate. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping for Matty. Pays what you got, Matty. All right. Um, my picks this week. I've gone back to web. Uh, Clear favorite. Back to the basics, right? Clear favorite there. He's playing well. Uh, I'm going to go Ryan Palmer. 
Had an unbelievable oh. Sunday. Looked solid. I'm going to go Kiz. Yeah, Kev. And I'm going to follow your lead, and I'm going to go with Casey because I think he's just driving the ball well, way too well to not be winning yeah, something right now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's coming. Even though he's he just doesn't get it to the finish line, I think it's coming. I think sure, I so. wish C. Pays went first so I could have hijacked a couple of his picks. <laughs> <laughs> I always like when he does that. Ryan Palmer yeah. sounds nice right uh, now. I love it. Well, it's I mean, stuff. He, Palmer looks solid on Sunday, so like yeah. you can't hate on it. He's He's been playing well all season. He just hasn't – he's had a couple bad breaks and – I think Ryan Moore's kind of been sneaky too lately. I've seen his name on the leaderboard, and he's always good for like that little window of playing well near the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, you might see it. Who knows? Let's but see what happens. I think this will be an interesting week coming into this. Just kind of bang it out, see who's got it, got it going, then go right into Northern Trust, and then we'll see. But, I mean, that's when we're going to see Tiger next. Um, Northern any- Trust, the first leg of the FedEx Cup. Yep. Yep. Um, any Tiger talk? How do we feel about him over the weekend? I don't have much. Uh, stocks are going to go up in that little neck warmer thing that he's wearing. That's probably my only takeaway. A eh. lot, lot of layers. Activated Disappointing. Yeah. A lot of, lot of attention to that putter that really didn't really matter. I mean, I think Tiger's just a little bit rusty. I don't think it was putter length or, no. you know, he's just, he's got, he's rusty play. So whatever. Nice to see him play well on Sunday. Other than that. Yeah. Way to show up for the last day. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Ruined my life. I think awesome. my only highlight of the week for Tiger was getting to watch the feature group on Thursday, Friday, and just actually getting to watch every single golf shot because yeah. ESPN rocks. Like, that was sick. It's getting... It is... And this is like... We'll cap this off with this just like two minutes because like I'm not a coverage expert, but for my own opinion, mm-hmm. it is crazy watching espn compared to cbs you're like oh yeah oh this is how it's supposed to be done this nice is day. cool like svp super gnarly you're awesome i like listening to colt nost wicked i mean curtis strange love his opinion and getting to see every single golf shot with different angles and it looked like it was professionally done it wasn't just a dude walking and you can see the camera <laughs> bouncing up and down i'm like Holy man, this is so good. Why are we not getting to see this every weekend? Like it, it felt like I was watching like a like a World Series game. I, mm. I felt so much more engaged and I'm like, yeah, fuck. That's what I want to watch. Like, give me that. Stupid suits. Send an email, man. Send an email. I, I don't know. know. I'm on page with you, man, hundred percent. Like <laughs> night and day. It's so nice to see the golf tournament. And know there's other players playing. Yeah. Like, huh, who would have thought? I always thought there was only three people playing in the event. Well, to be fair, I totally forgot that they were even doing feature groups. And I was watching golf for about an hour and 15 on Thursday. I was like, man, I haven't seen anyone but this group. And I was like, oh, shit, fuck, it's a feature group, right? I just, <laughs> my TV just said PJ Championship. I was like, man, I can't believe they're only showing Tiger, JT, and Rory. I'm like, this is great. Except they all suck dick. Yeah, like, <laughs> best ball yeah. plus ten best ball. Thanks yeah. for coming out. But either way, I thought it was sick. But yeah, it was fun. So, him up next week or this coming week, and then we start the FedEx Cup playoffs next week. Um, we're gonna have to get going on that, and we're gonna have some news coming up with some contests coming up for the FedEx Cup playoffs, and we're going to see what we can do down the stretch coming into major season. So, boys, thanks again. Any final words before we leave? Um. Yep. Yeah, actually, I do got one little Go thing. Went out, went out to right. uh, please. Went out to Settle the old <laughs> golf society event that they had at the ranch. Just part of this whole golf podcasting community thing is yeah, just getting involved with what others are doing. And it was actually really funny because I brought the flight scope that we got out there, and <laughs> there is some interesting intel that came out of this. Is it, one is people do not like being put on on the on the record button. Do you have any live. names you want to throw out there? I actually don't have any names, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I set it up on the par three. I'm like, I'm going to, you know what? Let's find out if this thing's accurate or not. Right. We know that the pin is 153 yards. Let's see if when they hit it, the numbers that we get kind of coincide, to, yeah, right? they coincide to what, where the ball landed. Unfortunately, every single person I put the flight scope in, and it, it is honestly like, how big is that thing? Like, 
half like the wallet. size of a wallet, like yeah. a, a like phone. one it's of those small. like super small wallets. It fits not, in your palm. Yeah, the tiniest little thing ever. Just put it. Hey, don't mind me. I'm just gonna put this behind you. Every single person shanked it because they were just like, <laughs> I'm I'm being tracked right now. Oh no, right? <laughs> Hard to make a s- smooth swing, but uh, we gave it a little test drive. There were some interesting things out there that we're gonna have to go out. Kind of do a full analysis on it. I believe Parksy might head out to Tobiano, see if Shannon's around, get her numbers. Um, and yeah, that was pretty funny though. Actually, just going out there, seeing Jordan, seeing his gang. They have a they have a cool team. That maybe there's some collaboration here at some point. They have some strengths. That maybe yeah, just bring it all together at some point here. I think it's I like it. It's Collect the com- connect the community, man. Yeah, that's great. Before very, we close on it, like I gotta ask, like. Was it shitty golf or was it like inebriate, <laughs> like nervy golf or like inebriate? Was it inebriation? Uh, it yeah. was. It was definitely nerves. Okay. Because I'm like, I got a camera. Yeah. One thing I did notice actually is like the goat trackers are definitely very receptive to cameras watching people. Yeah. Like, right. That's like one thing that those boys have done a good job ingraining is like when you're on film, like you're here. Show up. We're we're here. <laughs> we're here to film you. Right. Little, a couple nervy swings out there at the old golf society event, but yeah, it was great. Like full, their production that they do behind their events is pretty awesome. next le- nev- next level. Yeah, like, really good. Shout out to those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah shout out and his team. Really, really good. Exactly. Well, thank you, boys. And you know what? Uh, we'll chat this time next week, heading into the playoffs. We're back Ooh. into like some serious golf here, boys, for the rest of the season. We've got an absolute. Uh, barn burner of the rest of the year for golf so it's gonna be good but thank you everybody for listening and we will chat to you next week see you boys peace peace hello four jack podcast fam it's your boy at nation and thank you for listening to the four jack podcast it would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the apple podcast app you know what because that would really make our day thank you and let's keep on golfing baby I kind of like that last one. Okay. Then we're good. Got it.